Hello, wherever you're listening from, and welcome to the Real Life Podcast. We are a family of churches that exist to reach the world for Jesus, one person at a time. And I believe that you're not here by accident, that there's something that God wants to speak to you in this moment. I hope that you're encouraged, challenged, and convicted by what you hear today. We love you. Hi, my name is Richie. I'm the lead pastor of a church called Real Life in the Spokane area. We love Jesus so much and we love you. Believe that God got every one of us together in this time. And I'm so grateful that we get to spend these few minutes together, bringing us, unifying our hearts together for his purposes, for his kingdom, for his glory, for what he has in mind. If you have no idea what any of that means, here's what I just want you to understand is that as a people, we are on a mission to reach the world for Jesus one person at a time. We've been praying that God would get you here. He'd get all of us here and he'd get us focused on what his heart, his passion, his desires are for every single one of us. Fundamentally below the surface of all the things that I'm saying right now is I believe that our God is a God that reveals himself, that speaks, that directs our lives, that we can know his voice, his leadership, his direction. And I know that things are crazy in our world right now and that your life feels all upside down and that all of us are trying to figure out which way is up right now. And my hope is that through this time that God would would show you which way's up, that his voice, his leadership would become abundantly clear in this time. You have so many people and so many voices and so many influences trying to get your attention, trying to lead your heart, trying to set your attitude, trying to make decisions for you. And and I believe that God can can get above all that noise. He can get above all that, that loudness in your heart and your life and your mind right now and make himself clear. That's what I'm praying. That's what I'm believing. That's what we're doing here today as we're seeking God's voice. But hearing is hard. I'll just say that hearing his voice is difficult. Hearing and, and understanding what he wants for us. That's something that we're all in together, trying to figure out together. That's something that we're all kind of coming together for today is to go, God, can I hear your voice? And what does it sound like? And how do I do that? And man, it's so loud in our world right now. God, how do I, how do I discern? How do I know? I know for me, hearing is hard. I, I, my wife for the last two years, no kidding, has probably asked me at least once a month if I need hearing aids. And at first it was kind of like a joke. Like, I don't think you're hearing me right, babe. Cause I would say, huh? And what? And, and make all kinds of like facial gestures trying to understand her. And then she's like, I, do you, like, you really can't hear me? And I, at first I would like, I would kind of dismiss it. You know, I, I broke my nose a bunch. I got sinus issues. Like, you know, I just, uh, my head's all plugged up, babe. But then it like kind of got to this point where she would like, well, you know, tell me about like at work, can you hear when all the guys are talking to you on your Zoom meetings or like, how come you don't have a hard time hearing them? Is it, maybe is it not that you're having a hard time hearing? Is it that you have selective hearing? And I pray for our marriage sake and pray with me that I really need hearing aids, right? But I I think that discerning through the noise is so difficult for us. So I want to pray for us today. We're going to go to Luke chapter eight. We've been studying the book of Luke together and we love learning Jesus' life and teaching and ministry through the lens of this eyewitness narrative put together by this author, Luke, from a couple thousand years ago. Love it so much. 
And, and if you haven't been with us over the last several months that we've been studying Luke, yes, we would love for you to join us. And if you've been with us and you're like, are we still studying Luke? Yes, we are still studying Luke. And we're believing that God's gonna speak to us today through this time. So let me pray. Open your Bible to Luke chapter eight. Um, is where we are today. It's in the New Testament. If you need to look it up, table of contents, Google it, get it on your Bible app there on your phone, whatever. Get there with us. Let's pray and let's go to God's word. God, we wanna hear from you. We believe you to be a speaking God, a revealing God. Reveal yourself. Make your power and your presence known in this time. God, help me not to say too much or too little. God, help all of us to hear well, God. And, and I pray just supernaturally, Holy Spirit, that you would illuminate your words through the Bible, through scripture to every one of our hearts. Just shine a light, God, into every heart through your word. You do the speaking, God. You make yourself known. You are the powerful one. You are the transforming God. We seek you, we look to you right now and ask you to make yourself known. We love you in Jesus' name, amen. Luke chapter eight, we did just three verses last week, um, one, two, and three. And so we pick up in verse four today and we pick up with a story, a parable is what it's called. Jesus taking modern examples and modern for a couple thousand years ago, not modern today. It was an agricultural community. And so he's taking a farming example and he's casting this story alongside their lives to help them understand a spiritual truth. You and I come into this story today seeking a little bit. We'll need a little bit of work to discern and understand through the farming analogy, but, but ultimately seeking the same thing the audience was seeking a couple thousand years ago to hear from God to know, is this Jesus guy for real? Does he really have the power to change my life? Can he offer hope to the hopeless? Can he heal my broken heart? Can he, can he offer forgiveness of my sin? Can he make a way to be in relationship with God? That's what every heart is wondering that he's speaking to today. And he's speaking back. I love how he speaks. Look at uh, verse four if, with me, if you would. A great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to see him. A lot of people. He said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed. This is a farmer scattering seed. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path and was trampled underfoot and the birds of the air devoured it. They ate it, not a chance. Some feed, seed, sorry, fell on the rock and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture, no water. Some seed fell among thorns and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And then some seed fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. And as he said these things, he called out to the crowd. You can just imagine just thousands of people trying to hear as Jesus is outside sharing this story, trying to understand what he's trying to say. And he calls out to them. You can almost imagine Jesus calling out above all of the voices of, of the pandemic, all the voices of the politicians, all the campaigning, all the narrative of our day, all the voices of fear, all the voices of shame in your own heart. You could almost hear Jesus call out above everything in this moment. He says, he, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. It's an invitation to hear. I'll just let you in behind the scenes for a second here that this passage, this entire passage is about the quality of our hearing. 
So in a heart that comes to this message today going, hey God, I wanna hear from you. That's your heart, that's my heart. Even if you've never heard from God before, you've never experienced God before, there's still something inside you that says, if God is real and he could speak to me, I wanna hear from him. And so in that kind of seeking, it's Jesus putting it back in our lap going, hey, if you've got ears to hear, then you're gonna hear. It's an invitation. Hey, did you hear what I just said about these, these four soils? Did you understand what I was talking about? And, and every time I looked at the original language, there's this connection here about the quality of our hearing, not just hearing for hearing's sake, but actually understanding with responsiveness in our heart. Every time hearing is mentioned in the original language throughout this passage, there's this connection to responsiveness. So hearing with a response is the quality of hearing that Jesus is wondering that you and I have in our own hearts. His disciples, they asked him what this parable meant. He said, well, to you, it's been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. I'm letting you in behind the scenes. But for others, they're in parables. They're kind of disguised. Why are they disguised? Because seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Let me explain this to you because it feels a little weird. Is Jesus being tricky? No, he's given people an opportunity to seek, to find, to dig, to understand, to want it. He, he casts it out in a parable. So people got to try to figure it out. They got to try to understand it. He, he takes it off of the surface and puts it below the surface a little bit. So people got to kind of want it. Man, all throughout scripture, this is how God speaks to his people. If, if you want to know me, if you want to hear from me, if you want to find me, then seek me with all your heart. Don't seek me half-heartedly. Seek me with everything you've got. And so Jesus lines right up with the whole of scripture in this by going, hey, it's been given to you to know the secrets of the kingdom, but, but to everybody else, they might be seeing but never perceiving. They might be hearing but not understanding. I put them in these parables. Verse 11, now the parable is this. Let me explain it to you, disciples. And by the way, the scene doesn't change. Like Jesus doesn't like huddle up with his, his disciples, his, his few people here, the, the select few. The crowd is still listening. But, but he's addressing his disciples here specifically and people are looking in. And some of you have never been to real life before and you're looking in at what real life people talk to each other like or what this, this movement is like or what the kingdom of God might be like. There's this kind of outsider looking in thing and Jesus is going, hey, if you've got ears to hear, I want you to hear. This is what the parable is. He says, the seed is the word of God. The seed is this message of hope and life and healing and restoration. God made you for a relationship with him. The seed that's being scattered all throughout this world, all throughout history is this message of hope that says God loves you, has a plans for, for you, knows you, understands you, sees you, yet you can't make your way to God. God is coming to you. And the only way for you to be in right relationship with God is for God to forgive you of your sin, cleanse you of that sin, purify you from all unrighteousness and make you perfect. The only way he could do that is by you and I putting our faith in Jesus Christ, the perfect one, his very own son who was sent to save us, not to condemn us and judge us and shame us, but to save us. This is the word, this is the message that is being broadcast. What kind of heart is that seed landing on? Well, verse 12, the one along the path are those who have heard, they heard it with their ears, but they didn't understand it. The devil, the enemy of our soul, 
Satan, he comes and he takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. There is a spiritual war going on for every one of our souls. God wants you to be saved. The enemy doesn't. But he says this path is particularly difficult. This path is a scenario where your mind is made up. Think about what makes a path is people go down that same way over and over and over again. For many of us, this is how our life is. It's a series of ruts that we've just entrenched our life in, a, in an attitude, in a way of thinking and resentments towards people um, because of the way they treated us in our past. Uh, many of us have just generated a path in our heart that is just impenetrable. In no way that the good word, the good hope of God and his love can get through that heart. It is hard. It is hard and it is so well-worn. You have your mind made up about about everything. This hardened heart, there's no way that the seed can get in. And Jesus is like, yeah, the enemy sees that. He swoops in, snatches the seed away, never gives you a chance to believe. And the only way for this heart to get softened is, man, it takes a lot. You think of tilling a path. It's more like a jackhammer, isn't it? I mean, some of you, you've been enduring great difficulty in your life right now. And it feels like a jackhammer. And I wonder if it is actually God trying to soften the soil of your heart. Like you've dismissed it as like really painful things and people doing things to you and, 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 and maybe something kind of trying to, to keep you down, but maybe it's actually God and his grace and his love trying to soften your heart and, and, and get you to, to stop being so predetermined in everything you do to have a bit of curiosity, to have a heart that might seek, that might wonder if somebody has a better way. Maybe it's pride that has just entrenched your heart in, in the predetermined course that you've always been on. And God is trying to unearth this pride in your heart and get you to hear his calling, his gentle, sweet calling that says, I love you. I have something in mind for you. Would you stop resisting my leadership and going your own way? Would you lay down your pride just long enough to hear the good news? news that I have for you, that I love you. I have a plan for you. I want to save you. You are going to die. Would you come? Let me rescue you. And to think of the grace of God feeling like a jackhammer. I don't think I would think of God's grace that way, but for some of you, that's how it feels right now. He says, that's what the path is like, but the seed that falls on the rock, verse 13 as those of us who, when we hear the word, we receive it with joy, ooh, like we're in. Ha, I can't wait to be saved. I can't wait to have life and freedom and hope. And, 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 and I can't wait to have my sins forgiven. Like, thank you, God. Thank you so much for this life. But these have no root. They believe for a while, but then in a time of testing, they fall away. A time of testing. Think of rock and soil. What it does is it makes water just drain right through it instantly. It can't hold moisture. If you're planting seeds, the very thing you need most is warmth. Yes, sunlight is great and also moisture, water. If you lose the moisture, the seed dries up, it withers. I think of so many of our lives withering right now under the pressure of everything we're facing. I can't help but just have my heart just break for you. Like you're withering, you have no root. You have no strength, no endurance, no perseverance. Everything is too hard for you right now. I 
think that God just wants to speak into that withering heart right now and go, hang on. You being here right now in this moment is my grace to you to show you that being rootless is not hopeless, that there's a chance for you to grow strength, to grow roots, to endure through this. But know that, that the enemy of endurance is comfort. And many of you have, you came to Jesus, you put your faith in him and you received this seed with great joy, but, but you traded this good news of Jesus Christ for this idol of comfort, of just trying to seek things to go the way you want them to go all the time. And now that they're not going the way you want them to go, you're withering. See, endurance is a term that's applied to people that keep going when it's hard, when it's difficult. This is a time of sifting for Jesus' church. Already the church in America specifically has been on a rapid decline in this pandemic and these last 20 weeks of not being able to gather in buildings has just, just pushed that decline over the cliff. And for many people falling away right now because it's just not the way it used to be. It's not the, the religion that we were used to. And it's a real interesting time for us. And really this passage kind of serves as a warning to go, whoa, are we going to be the kind of people that can endure a time of testing? Or are we going to wither? Verse 14, as for what fell among the thorns, these are the ones that hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by the cares and the riches and pleasures of life. Just say that again. As they go on their way, they're choked by the cares, the riches and pleasures of life and their fruit does not mature. There's competition in this heart. It's, it's cares, it's riches, it's pleasures. See, a, a thorn is like a weed in a garden. It competes with the good seed for the nutrients, for the moisture, for the sunlight, and the one that grows tallest, fastest wins. For many of us, we've, we've felt this kind of not withering like the, like the rocky soil, but, but this choking, like, like I've made this new thing, this care, this pleasure, this riches. I've made it the new affection of my heart. And it's choking my hunger for God. It's choking my desire for God. And I found myself, many of you are saying this to yourself, you found yourself now desiring those things more than you desire God. You found yourself hungering more after riches than you do after God, more after pleasure than you do after God. This is a danger for us. This is a thing that will actually choke the seed away, the hope of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ away from your life. It'll actually drag you away. And see, here's the thing. The system of this world is designed perfectly to lure you into these weeds, into these thorns. The system, everything around us is designed to get after your, your pleasure your desire for riches, your desire for, for the cares of this world. And it's alluring and it's tempting. And it's something that's going to constantly be, be coming after you. And you and I got to be on guard and understand that these cares, these pleasures, these riches aren't bad things. They're not negative things. But man, the moment that they become more important in our hearts, they begin to choke the life of the seed of God's word in our hearts. Some of you have had a hard time hearing from God lately because you've been so consumed with these other cares, with riches, with pleasures. And you feel like God's voice is so distant in your heart, in your mind. 
his direction, his leadership. It's hard to hear. It's hard to see. I just sense Jesus kind of grabbing us this today, just going, hey, I want you to hear me. There's cares, there's riches, there's pleasures that are choking out the fruitfulness. Your fruit will not mature if you allow yourself to fall in love with those things of the world. Is it bad to have them? No, but they're not our love. They're not our priority. They're not our affection. Verse 15 is finally the good soil. There are those who hear the word of God. They hold it fast. Think about holding it fast. It's tight. It's held on to. It's, it's not letting go of. They hold it fast in an honest and good heart. Not a perfect heart, but an honest heart. A heart that says, God, I'm struggling with these cares of the world. God, I'm struggling with, with withering right now. I'm, I'm struggling to keep my, my hope up, my heart up, my excitement up, my passion up. This is the kind of heart that bears good fruit, that, that, that holds fast to the word of God, to the truth of who God is in this honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience that keep after it. Here's what I believe is that you and I, we're in charge of the seeking after this fruitfulness in our life. God is in charge of speaking. We're in charge of the seeking. And I think that's really important distinction because some of us have blamed God for not hearing, but we have not been seeking. We wanna hear God's voice, but we're not seeking his voice, his leadership, his, his direction in our lives. And I really believe that collectively God is calling to us to say, hey, I wanna speak to people. I wanna, I wanna bear fruit in people. I wanna have a people with, with this good soil. That, that, that bear this hundredfold fruit in their life, that see this, this good news of my kingdom just expand massively in their heart and their life. But, but you gotta be the ones that are willing to seek. Do you have ears that wanna hear? Do you really wanna hear and respond in your heart? Not just hear and absorb, but hear and respond, obey, do what he's saying to do. Man, this is the kind of heart that God loves to speak to, loves to reveal himself to, loves to keep revealing more and more to himself of. I love how Jesus finishes this out. He says, hey, no one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but he puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. So then listen to the warning, take care then how you hear. What is the quality of your hearing? Is it a responsive hearing, an obedient hearing, a hearing that seeks him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and desires to do what he says in your life? For the one who has, more will be given. If you keep obeying, you'll keep hearing. If you stop obeying, you'll stop hearing. To the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks he has, that will be taken away too. When I hear that, I hear Jesus just calling out, going, hey, I want you to hear my voice. I want you to hear my leadership. I want you to hear my direction for your life. I want you to bear fruit. I want you to endure. I want you to have this life that you've wanted, a life of transformation, a life of power, a life of hope, a life that, that shines this light. You don't, you don't wanna just 
put it under a, a, a bed or hide this, this light under a, a jar. You actually want this life to have impact and meaning and significance. And you wanna have a life that's being transformed and, and changing people's lives around you. Like you wanna have purpose and, and this kind of impact about your life. Nobody wants to just light a lamp and stuff it under a bed. No, 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 no. Take care then how you hear, Jesus says. Take care then how you hear. For the one who has, he'll be given even more. But the one who has not, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. And this is such a call to us to go, hey, what is the quality of our hearing? What's the quality of our seeking? What's the quality of our responding? What, what kind of listener are we to God's leadership in our life? Here's what I believe now more than ever is that you and I absolutely are desperate for the Spirit's leadership in our life. With everything that's going on in our culture and our life, the amount of voices, the amount of pressure that every one of us is under, I, I can't be where you are. None of us can be in every place all the time and helping kind of coach us through every decision. Every one of us needs the power of the Spirit of God inside of us. Here's what's so cool about Jesus. See, when he came to earth, he, he came to die that, that death on a cross for every single one of us. He came to pay that penalty, but then he ascended into heaven and he said to his disciples, it's better for you that I go because I'm gonna send you my spirit. I'm gonna send you my comforter and he will lead you into all truth. This is where the power of God comes is now, now, now God's spirit, his, his son, Jesus Christ, his spirit comes into the heart of every single one of us who believes and gives us the capacity to discern, to hear, to understand, to have his word illuminated in our hearts so that we can walk according to his leadership, be transformed by his power. See, this is the, the amazing thing about God is he wasn't content to just keep his, his leadership in one little circle, but to send his leadership out throughout the entire world. This was this dream of Jesus and his church that he would pour out his spirit on all men, that everybody would hear his leadership, and know his voice, that everybody would be drawn to him and be given the hope that's found only in Jesus. And so you and I have the opportunity to come and know Jesus, not only that, but know his voice, know his leadership, know his heart, know his passion, know his transforming power in our lives. And our world has the opportunity to see the power of God displayed in you and through you. Your life has the opportunity to be significant and world-changing because of the spirit of God inside you. As you and I surrender to his leadership, there's this opportunity for this hundredfold kind of fruit to be developed in our lives. That's something I want. I think that's something that you want. That's something that I believe that God wants to bring to every single one of our lives. And so let me ask you again, I know hearing is hard. Can you hear? Do you have ears to hear? What is the quality of your hearing? What is the, the quality of your responding? I'll just say it this simply. Have a soft heart. Work to have a soft heart. Don't let these weeds choke it out. Don't allow the, this, this shallow soil to define your life. If, if you feel shallow and withered right now, come back after God. Get back after his word. Dig Look for more of his leadership. Keep seeking. He's in charge of the speaking. You're in charge of the seeking. You got to make a decision to say, God, I want to hear from you. I want to know your voice. I want to know your leadership. God, I'm not content to just depend on somebody else's interpretation of your leadership in their life. God, I want to know you personally. I want to know what your voice sounds like. Does God put that hunger inside you? Ask him for it. He absolutely loves to grant that prayer. He loves to honor that request. Ask him, God, give me a hunger for you, a passion for you, a desire to seek you more and more. God loves to honor that prayer.
My hope is that we would be a people that seek him with all our hearts and minds and souls and strength and that we become a people that hear, a people that discern, a people that respond, a people that hear his leadership and are transformed by his love and that, that everyone around us is seeing this light shine. It's not hidden under some bed in some closet somewhere. People are seeing the way God is speaking to us and leading our lives and they become hungry too. They wanna have ears that hear to. They go, hey, how do you hear? I want to hear. I want to know. I want to have purpose. I want to have a life that means something too. See, this is who we are as Jesus people is on a mission together to see everybody experience this kind of life, this kind of hope. My hope today is that God will put a hunger inside you to hear, to hear well. I want to pray for you today. Father, you see every person right now. God, you see the the pressure that they're under, you know, the fears that they have, the voices that they've listened to, the the cares and the pleasures that have been choking. God, you know every bit of every story right now. And I pray, God, that through all of that, you would just put a hunger and a desire to seek you, to hear your voice, to know your word, to know your leadership. God, I pray that you would make us a people that desire to hear, that are not content to stand at a distance and just hope that you speak, God, but that, that, to do whatever we have to do, God, that change whatever routine that we got to change, that, that, that move whatever pleasures we got to move out of our lives, God, that we say no to things in our lives so that we can say yes to you, to hear your leadership and respond, God, that we would be a people that are marked by our obedience to your leadership, God. I thank you, Jesus, for this time together and know, God, that you are speaking. I think of those that are coming to know you right now, Jesus. For the very first time, they're putting their faith in you. God, I pray that you give them the courage to say yes right now, wherever they are, to your leadership. And if that's you, you feel the Holy Spirit just prompting you. Something inside you is going, I got to know Jesus. I got to be saved. I got to have my sins forgiven. Wherever you are, maybe just open your hands to him right now. He wants to take every bit of sin and he wants to fill you with his spirit. And he wants to forgive you of all of that and make you completely new. Just open your hands. I know his spirit right now is filling you with his presence in a place of honesty and sincerity. Just go, God, I need you. I look to you. I'm desperate for you. Save this soul. He hears you. He sees you. He knows you. He is saving you. God, we want to be a people who seek you with all our hearts. We love you and we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm so honored for these few minutes together and believe that God is speaking to you. Whatever we can do to help, if we could pray, text us, respond, let us know on one of these cards, leave it in the comments, however we can meet you where you're at. We want to walk with you as you learn to hear God's voice and his leadership in your life. I love you so much. And I miss being together, but I believe that God has so much purpose in all of this. I pray he's with you, he's near you, and his power is real in your life. Let's worship together. We are so glad you're with us today in this digital space. Wherever you're at, our team is praying for you. We love you and we can't wait to hear from you. We're ready to walk with you and help you navigate whatever might be going on in your life. For more info, please visit the description on how to get in touch with us. We love you.